Listen, he's the one who suggested the title for this episode, okay? So if it offends you, or if you think he's controlling the weather, and maybe even your mind or whatever, through the high-frequency active rural research he's so into, then blame this son of a birch. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Hey, podcast land. It's old Jer again. That'd be Jeremy Henderson, a communications and marketing specialist in the College of uh, Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing, Auburn University's, of course, Samuel Ginn. Uh, you know what we're talking about. You are listening to the best podcast in all of higher education, award-winning uh, people grinning, uh, hashtag ginning. That's what I'm talking about. We, uh, got Austin Phillips over here. Biggest Auburn fan, uh, this side of this Boulder. side of Buffalo, <laughs> <laughs> Boulder. uh, over here between Boulder and, and Buffalo. Right. I tell you what, it's just, I've changed. You've changed. I've, I'm looking at you hey, differently. The world has I'm changed. Looking at, Jared, the world has changed. Okay. You know? Uh, he's the director of the Office of Communications and Marketing for uh, uh, the College of Engineering at uh, University of Colorado. And <laughs> That's Colorado my University. Bad, my bad. Whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is. Not my, my bad, Auburn University. And uh, over here on Keys, for the very first time, uh, the uh, premier without, uh, no, with an E. <laughs> yeah, with let's an get e, that one premier right. Premier with an E uh-huh. of a performance of uh jackson wilson peters wilson peters (laughs) jackson peters over here who's twisting the knobs and breaking hearts and uh well when we didn't fire john we john John is here with us he's he's managing still over the nest yes that's right uh and uh today a very special master and padawan Mm -hmm. that's what we've got going did you know that tom birch uh previous guest has not one not two but three sons and did you know that we actually have the oldest in here, oldest and best? Well, frankly. usually they, you know, you save, don't they say you save the best for first? Something like that. That's yeah. what they Broke say about the me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they the say about me. That's all I'm saying. Well, obviously the most accomplished at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at him yeah. over here. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, we got a uh, an assistant uh, professor in uh, ECE, emphasis on the E. First Emphasis. E and yeah, the second that, that's E. That's electrical and computer electrical engineering. Electrical and computer engineering. Mm-hmm. Electrical. He's Austin. Do you know? You know. Sometimes when you kind of feel like your mind's being controlled and you're not in control of things, or the back of your neck, the hairs standing up, or it makes your voice stop. Yeah, or something you know, like that. that. That's uh, Hunter Birch is actually the man behind all that. <laughs> okay. Um, he goes up to Alaska and does a bunch of nefarious stuff. With a power grid and an antenna, uh, you know, array, uh, pretty much like the size of Canada or something like now, that. Now, see, you're going to get me in trouble because you can't imagine how much time <laughs> they spend trying to keep people from saying stuff like that. Oh, and then you uh, and then you come up and, thought, and that's what you open with. Oh, I thought they were kind of embraced it. No, no, they hate the stuff. Oh, okay, my bad. My bad. <laughs> that's why Jackson's here to air. I thought no. I thought harp. We're talking about harp. Yeah, right? that's right. No, they do kind of lean into it. Actually, I should have brought it with me. They uh, 
they had hats like merchandise. So I got a hat when I went up there last time. Sure. And it's got a big spiral on it, and it says Area Forty Nine. Ah, love so it. So they're leaning into yeah, it. So they, they, are they understand. So for all of us who have not been uh, conducting an interview for our upcoming magazine. Uh, <laughs> Oh, hey, do you let, not know let, about let, that? Let us in on my, all, uh, let us in bad. on what you're talking well, about. Well, first off, yes, we're going to do a story on what we believe to be the first parent, child, father, son, whatever, whatever. Mother, daughter. Mother, we, daughter. We never, never, not that we can uh, find. Uh, colleagues, uh, per, you know, academic colleagues, professor faculty and professor, members, faculty yes. members in the Samuel Gain College of Engineering. Yes. I don't believe it's the first in the university. I could technically be no, wrong. I think I, we've had some. I think there has been some at the However, university. in the real yeah. part of the university. In the, the best college at the university. Yeah, so it's actually doing real stuff here. <laughs> and once we write it down, then <laughs> hey, it will be the it's first It's official. Then sure. it's official. Exactly. Put it in the book. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. Yeah, you just put it out there, and it makes, makes That's it That's Jared's philosophy pretty much on anything that we market is if we just <laughs> say it, then it's true. Well, so I went it's over the here. old George Costanza. <laughs> right. exactly. If you believe, believe it, it, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. Right. <laughs> Except it's not a lie if you believe it. Uh, I'll go over there to Brune, not Brown, but if you still want to call him Brown, technically Brune. And Hunter knows that, by the way. Hunter, But he's also an Auburn grad. Yes, but, he is. But I'll get to that later. But I go over there, and he's just indoctrinating some poor student in, like, the ways of this thing, talking about, I'm going to come up here, uh, you know, get your tinfoil hat, it's time. And uh, I'm just joking. But apparently it, it, all, it was all this harp stuff because he had just returned from a trip to Alaska and so tell us, tell and, and I'm not, I'm not yeah, doing cause, it justice, obviously. For, for, but this is a really for big me, deal. A harp is something you play, right? And yeah. and there's been that's the subject of of endless puns up there. In fact, mm-hmm. they've got so so this is a it's a twelve by fifteen high frequency radio transmitter array. Okay, so it's twelve by fifteen antenna elements, cross dipoles, and they're pointed straight up. And they call this thing the ionospheric research instrument. And so it's a very, very powerful radio transmitter that shoots straight up into the ionosphere, heats up the plasma up there, and lets us do all kinds of physical investigations into the plasma that, you know, kind of makes up the Earth's ionosphere. Talking about like 60 to 80 to maybe 100 or 300 uh, kilometers up, right? And so they've got a whole bank of diesel generators up there that all it does is run this thing, 3.6 megawatts power output. And the diesel generators, there's five of them. They're called Angel 1, Angel 2, Angel 3, Angel 4, Angel 5. So the angels play the harp. Playing the harp. But we're talking, the things he's talking about, we're talking about artificial aurora borealis. I mean, we can, like, we're creating some weird stuff up there. He'd been up there for an art project. I mean, they're creating art in the air because of the the bending we're doing. We're talking, what, five kilometer, nine kilometer mile wave? No, (laughs) nine kilometer mile. Nine kilometer wave, radio How did all this come about? So this is a, this goes way back. This used to be an old Air Force research project, and now it's been taken over by the University of Alaska Fairbanks, um, and they're kind of maintaining the operation of all of this stuff. And so that's kind of my background is in this sort of space weather, plasma physics, remote sensing, interacting with things way up in the sky while we get to stay on the ground, right? So there's a whole world of sending satellites out, making in situ measurements and and saying, okay, let's get out into the plasma. Let's get out into space and make these measurements. Mine is more focused on the ground-based, ground-based experimentation, ground-based measurement, remote sensing, and all of this stuff. 
And so we kind of heard about this opportunity that said, hey, you know, we're putting out this call and we're setting up really a summer school to train new scientists to use this instrument. And so I'd actually never used it before. And they said, we're going to train new scientists to, to use this instrument and, you know, bring a student with you and we'll train them too, right? So student advisor pairs. And I'm just getting started as faculty. So this time I didn't even have any graduate students. And I was teaching an undergraduate electromagnetics class. And I said, does anybody want to go up to Alaska with me and uh, run some experiments on HARP? Plug some strings. <laughs> and they thought I was crazy, right? They thought I was joking. But one student came back after class and he said, are, are you serious? Because, yeah, I want to do that. And I said, okay, let's write your proposal and let's do it. And we did, right? So I took an undergraduate student up there. And, and, and it was really his science that we were running. Awesome. Uh, what an opportunity. Uh -huh. I mean, we... we, we gosh, recently we've had a lot of undergraduate research um, on here. Uh, and just, again, what the opportunities that we're affording our students here, I mean, what an amazing chance of a lifetime to be able to to go to Alaska and then work on some things that, you, that that's what you're interested in. This is a world-class research facility. Absolutely. There, there are a lot of facilities around the world that try to do what this one does, and none of them come close to the capabilities of HARP. So there are other ionospheric heaters there's, you know, there's some in Europe and there's some scattered about in different places, you know, for trying to explore different physics. But in terms of pure capabilities, what kinds of transmission formats, how much power and, and even, you know, being situated up there in the polar region to explore the unique physics that goes on up there. There's nothing else in the world that compares. And that was just so satisfying to me to be able to take an undergraduate student to go do that. And you go look up on the big board because it's all you know, you have to fight for your experiment time and can I get the right time slot to do what I need to do? And so you look up on the big board and you have, you know, all the national labs and all the top engineering universities and the Geophysical Institute and Auburn University, War Eagle, right? Oh, I love that. <laughs> up there on the big board with everybody yeah, else. Can, so we need to be able to spell War Eagle up, up there. So we, we yeah. actually did that one. Oh, this Wait, is you, awesome. you did what? So it's, we have a uh, picture of this? I do have a picture of it. And, and so what we Hold did on, is... I'm disappointed. Uh, Why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> we spent a lot of time hey, together. I gotta, I'll, I'll sometimes sometimes you. you have to yeah. have the right person to ask <laughs> the right questions. That's right. And so there's a... You were talking about the artwork. This is a very niche form of artwork called spectrum like spectrum writing or spectrum painting and so there's a plot there's a graph you produce that's called a waterfall graph waterfall plot and it's got the frequency in one direction and then the time kind of runs down like a waterfall and so harp actually has the ability to uh you know transmit multiple frequencies at the same time that's one of its unique abilities and so uh, we designed a trans transmission format that actually spelled in the spectrum more eagle is it there's like a graph or so you can like see it in the graph yeah it just wow. you, it just reads the word well, more eagle, right? amazing. I know. well you, you talked about uh, this you know being in your background Let, let's go all the way back yeah um where are you from originally so i'm from auburn okay. born and bred okay and you did your undergraduate here i did so from there you went and did your graduate degrees at University of Florida. And yeah. what what it, what was our research? What were we really working in there? So that's that's what you know when I said that's kind of my background, that's where I picked all of that up, right? And so I was in literally called the Ionospheric Research Lab at the University of Florida. And the the kind of the main tool that we used was these very low frequency receivers, radio receivers. They're all purpose built. You know, you can't buy this stuff in a store. We've designed them and build them. 
and uh, we deployed them all over the world, including some in Alaska, including some in Antarctica, you know, and, and all across the United States. I've driven almost the entire length of Interstate 95, uh, and I did that twice, actually, <laughs> and, and perhaps terribly. I did that uh, in about two weeks. We drove a rental van, basically an oil change interval. Oh my gosh! In a two-week wow. <laughs> trip, mm. going up and down the East Coast yeah. and deploying retrieving and, and retrieving and, and, and doing all of this work, and so you know we deploy these radio receivers, and then as these very low-frequency radio waves propagate, they propagate in what we call a waveguide formed between the Earth and the ionosphere, this conducting layer of plasma that surrounds the Earth, and so. These things are so big that they pretty much fill that space and they just propagate almost like a TV coax cable. You know, the wave is, is that big if the Earth was the middle and then the ionosphere was the outer, right? And so it propagates around like that. And we can make measurements of these propagating waves as they go and as they go and interact with the ionosphere and, and we can measure them at the ground. And that tells us stuff about what's going on not only in the ionosphere, but it also tells us what's going on in deeper space because everything that goes you know, down to where we are on the Earth from deep space, gamma ray flashes and coronal mass ejections, which we just had a big one impact Earth recently. Sweet. Um, geomagnetic storms and all of this stuff that happens out in space comes through the ionosphere to interact, you know, with us on the ground, X-ray flares and all this stuff. And so we can see the impact that this stuff has on the ionosphere and we can measure it using these ground-based measurements. And so it's a very diverse field from a very simple starting point. Oh, let's go put these radio receivers out and measure what comes out. How, how do you get interested in that? I mean, how did that become the passion for you? So it's, uh, it, I, didn't, I didn't intend to do that, right? I started, so I started here in microelectronics, which is a big strength of this program. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of microelectronics work right. being done Mike here. Mike Hamilton. Mm -hmm. That's yep. right. Doing great and, stuff. And I worked under Mike Hamilton, actually. Ah, really. didn't Mikey, realize Mikey that. Micro. Yep. Yep. So I worked for him for four years, and I kind of got to touch every little piece of microelectronics from the fabrication side to the design to the simulation, and I got to do a little bit of everything. And I came out the other side of that, and I said, I don't think I like microelectronics very much. I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. But I was out of time. Had you know, had to pick mm -hmm. grad school, and I said, "Well, I'm going to pick something I don't know anything about. That's electromagnetics." And so <laughs> I just picked a new new direction, and I went off in the electromagnetics direction. And now I've never looked back. So fortunately, that one stuck. What, what does Sushil Bhavnani say? <laughs> dumb, dumb luck. Dumb luck. <laughs> dumb luck. <laughs> that's that's, that's pretty dumb much luck. what it was. Yeah. Hunter, we obviously strongly believe in nepotism here. Oh, okay. Uh, but I cannot go on record uh, supporting that. <laughs> well, but it seems as if you actually you deserve the position and now the, you know, the I guess the prestige that you, you have coming back here. Your dad is Tom Birch and the mechanical, been here since 90, I think, 89, 90, somewhere around there. And, uh, I mean, one of our long, you know, been here as long as, you know, a lot of folks. You had him. I did. I took his class. It's true. What did he get? What grade? Yeah, you did? I didn't know that. I got an A. I got my yeah, A. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Hey, hey, I have to say for the record here that all the grades in that class were multiple choice, no partial credit quizzes. Okay. So straight up, straight down. So okay. I got it straight up. That's yep. right. I earned well, my and stole the key off his desk. <laughs> <laughs> having, Tom, having Tom on this podcast, I can tell you, I guarantee you. Uh, well, I want you to put it your words. What's it like? 
being raised by Tom. Yeah, growing I'll, up, I'll, growing I'll, up I'll in put it home. in my words yeah. and say, uh, if, if there had been any partiality in the grading, I probably wouldn't have gotten <laughs> Yeah, that. that's what I think. That's what <laughs> I would think. <laughs> he would have said, you should do better than this. You ought to know but, but this But Tom stuff. just seemed like, a, seemed like he would have been, um, I wouldn't say tough, um, but, you know, very – grounded as a parent raising you all yeah and i i told we're gonna we're gonna steal from your your upcoming article here right and but i told jeremy all this earlier that you know there were a lot of things that i did growing up that i thought were normal and that i later found out were not normal. (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure you know like the reinvent project that we did (laughs) uh, you know hunter had uh goats and sheep bringing uh keeping them alive yeah <laughs> well my thing i think my favorite project father son project was uh uh making a taser from a disposable camera we did do that that's true i we think did that do was that my one. favorite one we did i forgot to mention uh earlier the the chainsaw bike <laughs> yeah, so we had okay. a yeah you did yeah chainsaw i forgot to mention bike. the chainsaw bike we had a we had a motorcycle that was powered by a chainsaw engine Okay. Where the uh, the <laughs> chainsaw awesome. motor, you know, we'd taken the, the chainsaw off right. but run a bike chain through that uh-huh. and had a welded on mount on the back to where that went yeah. now to the back wheels. Yeah. And uh, the reinvent project's making a lot more sense yeah. right now. <laughs> How fast could you get that bike up to? Probably faster than you should have gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was not road legal, but it, it probably would have been road capable. That's oh. awesome. Also, well, a snow machine. Yes, yep, we did We did have a snow machine. And they would provide Ogletree Elementary with artificial snow just for kicks. And that one's, that's still in operation. The snow machine, the snow machine is still, still in it because I have a son now, so that's now the grandson, the first grandson. And uh, well, I, One of my neighbors uh, brought one of those out this past year. I mean, that was the hit of the neighborhood. Oh, I'm sure. Every, everybody, was, everybody was over there for that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you're the... Um, you the graduate uh, program officer at ECE? Yes. Working so, with graduate yeah, programs. Right. So you mentioned earlier taking, you know, didn't have a graduate student yet. You, you took an undergrad student up to Alaska. You know, our graduate program, uh, gosh, I want to say in this past year, we moved up seven spots, yeah. six, seven yeah, spots to really 31 among publics uh, by U.S. News World Report, which that's a huge jump. You know, usually you're making one or two moves. So that's a really huge jump. So we're really making a concerted effort. Dr. Roberts really um charged us with that before he left whenever he was dean now president and that's something he's taken across the whole university uh because they you know the board of trustees has pretty much announced we want to stay around this twenty-five thousand undergrad and that that that's going to fluctuate a little bit but we just don't have the infrastructure and everything in place to to go too much more that and provide the quality of education that we're doing again u.s news and world report by far the best university in the state of alabama not even wasn't 100 (laughs) you know wasn't even close and how how much greater this university and the things we're doing is than other ones in this state war eagle war eagle to that um but our graduate program is is a huge part of that uh and especially the research that we're conducting here in the college they are vital whether that's you know master students especially phd students so just talk about the importance of that and your involvement in that uh and, and then um, just us being able to move the needle by by upping our enrollment, you know, getting some more domestic students because that that is something from the you know the United States government side of it. Yeah, absolutely. where we are needing more domestic um, students to work in many sectors across the nation. Uh, just from a security standpoint, of where we're not able to get clearances for some of the sure. know, international folks. So just talk a little bit about that. And not only not only domestic students, but uh, 
you know, we need PhDs. And, and I can't remember what the figure is, but it's something like, you know, in the next 10 years, it's like one out of every three higher level engineering jobs going to be empty because yeah. we don't have the PhDs right. to fill it. Right. right. And so I, I better go back to school. Well, right. And, and, and so it's, it's <laughs> it only took seven for that undergrad. What are we going? 21 years on Listen, that PhD. It, we've got a little while. We've it's just buffer. it's just for, you know, for us, it's not. It's not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, right? It's just getting the right people connected to the right opportunities right. because the jobs are out there and the talent is out there. But the talent don't know that the jobs are out there, right? And so we just have to get these connections made to all these people. And I think, like you said, the, the research is such a big part of that of, you know, there's a couple aspects to this. One, getting the word out there that we're doing really interesting research and that it's available for you to do, Right. I have students who, who come to me, and, and I've actually started to bring undergraduate students just to come sit in my group meetings just to hear what we're working on, right? And and I stole that idea from Michael Zabala, by the way. So <laughs> Never uh, heard of him. Yeah, yeah who's that? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he said that to me the other day. I was like, that's such a good idea. Why haven't I been doing that? So now I'm doing it. So sorry, or, or you're welcome or yeah, something. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but – and, and so I bring these students in and, and they can sit in the, you know, the group meetings and I talk to them about grad school and the opportunities. And I have students come to me all the time and say, I would love to go to grad school, but I just can't afford it. And I say, buddy, if I got the deal for you, <laughs> we pay you to go to grad right, school. Right. And they don't know this, right? They don't even know these opportunities are out there or what, what grad school is or what you get out of it, right? And so I think just kind of getting the word out on this uh, – what the research opportunities are, what the educational opportunities are, and what you get out of it in your life, right? Um, you just get – I think the biggest thing is freedom. You just get so much freedom with an advanced degree, especially in engineering, right, that, I mean, in terms of being able to dictate what kind of research you're going to do, what direction you're going to take things, you know, I mean, you just you just heard all of this crazy stuff that I do, and you think – you said, oh, how do you even get into something like that? But this is how you get into it, right? You, you, you know, once you have that advanced degree and you've shown that you're capable as an independent researcher of formulating a solution to a pressing problem, even if it's a crazy solution, everybody's going to look to you and say, well, he's got the Ph.D. I guess we'll do it his way, right? Uh, and you can pitch all kinds of crazy stuff and they go for it. So, Well, and we're so thankful for, uh, I mean, so many of our alumni, but, you know, um, Charles Gavin that we've had on here, Walt Waltos. I mean, Walt Walt has been funding fellowships yeah. at, at this university for years, and and again, then we have the Waltos Research Engineering Lab. Yeah, you know, we have the Gavin Engineering Research Lab, where world class, you know, game changing, world changing research is being undertaken here every single day. Uh, and I mean, again, we talk about this full circle uh, of our alumni going out and doing amazing things investing back into here and producing these graduate students who are going to go out and change the world. So, man, this is just amazing stuff. And, and those, the graduate students really are, you know, I'm saying this because I was just a graduate student, what, two years ago, and they're just the backbone, right? Because it's, it's so funny. I always talk to my undergrads about, you guys don't really know what I do. You think you know what I do. You think I'm a teacher and I come in and teach class. And that's such a small part of, of what being a, a professor really is. You know, you're, you don't know I'm going up to Alaska and controlling your mind. <laughs> yeah, right? They don't know. They, they don't, don't know, know that, that I'm doing And you're that. not going to be able to talk back because I'm going to stop your speech. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm going to put on the, the helmet that turns your speech off. 
Oh, uh, Hunter. I can't thank you enough again for taking even more time. Uh, we could we could keep talking. Well, and here's the great thing about this one mm. is if you want to know more, Amen. Coming out in November, mm-hmm. early December, mm-hmm. our magazine will have this. <laughs> yes, and the Creek don't rise. We'll have this story about Hunter and Tom in the in the magazine, so you get oh, to yeah. read a whole lot more. Yeah, it's going uh, than to be we great. can fit in a. In I a hate that I only got to talk to Tom for two hours the other day, but uh, hopefully that'll be enough. <laughs> he and, can uh, he can talk. He can spin a yarn. You, you learned more in those two <laughs> hours than you have in the five <laughs> was, years you've oh, been here. It was here. brilliant. No, it was some good stuff. And uh, anyway, all right. Well, Hunter, thanks a ton for everything. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering.